Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. And so throughout all of the month of October, we are going to be celebrating what I'm calling chapter 20, the 20th birthday of our church since we planted, since we first planted our first church by God's grace at 10 a.m. on Sunday, October 28, 2001. And so we're going to celebrate throughout the whole month as we just give thanks to God for all that he's done, for all that he's doing, and for all that he's going to do. And the reality is this, I am here, my wife and I, we are here, you're all here, number one, because of God's bidding, because of God's calling, because of God's grace. We are here because we're called to be a part of what he's doing in the Obi-Wodonga community, in the region, the nation, and the nations of the world. And so I'm excited. I don't know if you saw uh, my post on the Gateway Life Church uh, Facebook page, but in my studies, I discovered that the number 20 in the Bible symbolizes the cycle of completeness and is connected to a perfect period of waiting, labor, or suffering. And personally speaking, you know, my wife and I, we've encountered all of those. For 20 years, Jacob, in the Old Testament, waited to get possession of his wives and property and to be freed from the control of Laban, his father-in-law. You can read all about that in Genesis chapter 31. And so personally, we're believing that all you've been waiting for will come to pass as we continually delight ourselves in God so that what's before us is greater than what's behind us. But I want to begin today by just uh, really just sharing some stories and uh, over the next few weeks, for example, next week, next Sunday, Pastor Trina and myself will sit behind the table and we're going to share some stories. We're going to have a little bit of Q&A. In actual fact, if you have any questions that you would like to either ask Pastor Trina or myself about our journey of faith in these 20 years, uh, feel free to text, uh, message us, whatever, and uh, we'll do our best to uh, respond to all the questions we've already had. Uh, so last Wednesday night at our men's ministry gathering, it just sort of came about where the men started asking me different questions. And so I might even answer some of those next week. But again, if you've got any questions, feel free uh, to submit those. And so how did this church planting journey begin? Where did it all start? Well, to be totally transparent with you, um, my wife and I, we always felt uh, and believed that God had called us to one day lead a church. It was just a knowing on the inside. We believed that one day God in his grace, in his perfect timing would call us to someday lead a church. We never dreamt of planting a church. We never dreamt of starting a church from scratch. In my personal journey, what I had witnessed were some friends of mine. In actual fact, two of them were Trina's brothers. And uh, so they and uh, some of my friends, they took over some little works, you know, a church of 20 or 30. And, and, uh, and they went and you know, took those churches on, on the coast, right? And so I thought that that would be our journey. I thought that one day we would take over uh, a church that already existed perhaps somewhere on the coast. That was just my thinking. To actually plant a church was never in my thinking. 
now let me fast forward a little bit because now we are living in Melbourne and uh, we are now serving. Uh, we were serving our very good friends, Pastor Shane and Georgie Baxter, which is now known as Enjoy Church. And so we, I had been talking with him for some time. And so we packed up our little family and moved to Melbourne. We landed there at the beginning of the year 2000. Um, and we were the assistant pastors of that church. And uh, we were employed uh, two days a week. And I was subsist. I can't say that word right now. I was also, uh, I also had my own video production business. So that was making up the lack in income and, and so forth. And, and let me fast forward now to the Victorian State Conference, which was uh, September 2000. And so it was like the last night of the conference. I'm in the, um, in the congregation and whoever it was leading that particular session, um, he was talking about, you know, praying for our city, for its salvation, right? That God would move and things like that. And so picture this, I'm in Melbourne, standing next to my senior pastor uh, at the time, Pastor Shane Baxter, and the person on the platform is saying, now on the count of three, what I want you to do, he's saying, on the count of three, I want you to shout out to God for the city that you love and that you want to see saved and, and uh, where you want to see a mighty move of God and, and so on and so on. And, you know, I'm thinking, right, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm feeling something, something stirring on the inside of me. And so I'm standing next to my senior pastor and we're in Melbourne, you see. And so he goes, one, two, three. And everyone shouts out at once the city or the town or that they're believing for to have a mighty move of God. And without me thinking about it, I give a mighty shout and saying, Aubrey! <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually do this, but this is what I kind of imagined me doing when I said Aubrey. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking to myself, what was that? And where did that come from? I wasn't even thinking about Aubrey. I'm in Melbourne with my wife and, and so on. And maybe we'll share some stories about that over the next few weeks when it came to your journey and how you had to keep on switching gears as the Lord was leading us into you know, new chapters of our marriage and, and of our life. And, and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I hope my senior pastor didn't hear that because he's going to be really confused if I'm crying out for Aubrey and I'm with him in Melbourne. But it bothered me. And so one thing just began to, you know, led to the other. And, uh, you know, cutting a long story short, um, I finally made an appointment with Shane and, uh, and just said, look, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm feeling like there's a stirring to plant a church in Aubrey. You see, I don't know what um, Trina felt, but I didn't think we would return to Aubrey. For those of you who don't know, we were both born and raised in Aubrey. I moved away. She moved away uh, at, a, at a particular time in our lives before we met. She moved to Newcastle. I went to Melbourne to pursue a footy career and whatever. And, uh, and so I didn't think we'd come back to Aubrey. I, I really didn't. It wasn't on my radar. And so, again, one thing led to another, and um, it was finally uh, settled and decided that we are now making preparations to return to Aubrey Wodonga to plant a church. And I wish I had the photo. I couldn't actually find it. Maybe I'll have it ready for you next week, but I just couldn't find it this morning. I remember 
thinking to myself, this is a big deal. To think that God would want to call us to plant a church. And I said, God, because you are so big and because you are so mighty, you created the heavens and the earth. If this is you, if you're really calling us to do this, and I want you to confirm that you are calling us back to Aubrey to plant this church by giving me personally three crazy confirmations. And I just had the faith to do that. I said, God, if this is you, and I, I think that it is, but you know that I need to know that this is you. I'm not, I don't want this to be a good idea. It has to be a God idea because I know that things can look good. They can smell good. They can sound good, just like the fruit in the Garden of Eden, but it was not God. It can look good, but it wasn't God. And so I need it to be God. And so I asked for three crazy uh, confirmations, and uh, God gave me those. Uh, I could talk about the whole three. I'll, I'll just talk about one, okay? So, um, so we had a prophetic ministry come. Uh, I, I believe it was in, uh, let me think, it was February 2001, okay? So keep in mind that my wife and I, we returned back to Aubrey, uh, to our home in Thaguna, in September, no, August 2001. And so August 2001, so this prophetic ministry comes in February of 2001. We're still in Melbourne. And I said to God in my heart, this was the extent of my prayer. I said, oh, okay, a prophetic ministry is coming. Could be a good idea, perhaps, if you want to use him as one of the signs that, you know, you want us to come back, you know, to Aubrey. That was it. Um, and it wasn't even anywhere near as intense as what I just, how I explained it. It was just a, a thought, a feeling in the heart. I surrendered it to God. I'll leave it with you, right? And so the prophetic ministry that came, his name was Nick Reske. And uh, we had never met. He knew nothing about the steps that we were about to take. Uh, Pastor Shane had not spoken to him. Pastor Shane knows about our decision right now. And so it's the first night of the conference, and we had a great time. And at the end of the conference, at the end of the, uh, the Friday night, my wife and I, we were walking out to go home at the end of the night, and he chases me down, and he says, Hey, he said, are you going to be here tomorrow morning? And I was a little bit surprised. I actually felt in my heart God is saying, Get ready, because here comes the third confirmation. And I said, Yes. I said, why is that? He said, listen, let me tell you something. He said, you are so pregnant with a church plan. It is unbelievable. Now, I've never been pregnant in the natural. From what I have heard, it can be an emotional time. And I was so emotional. I broke down. I was crying. I could barely hold it together. I'm, I'm holding back some emotion now because it's so real to me now as it was back then he said you are so pregnant with the church plan he began to prophesy he said to me God's told me that you're about to leave you're about to return back to your hometown and I'm like Ooh, that's right we're, gonna, we're heading back to our hometown and and he says does does Shane know and I said yeah we've spoken about it. he knows all about it. And he goes oh phew because he said, I he was thinking to himself, how am I going to tell Shane that his assistant is about to leave? 
And so that was the third and final great confirmation. And I remember still, I remember still walking, um, you know, in the back streets of uh, the, Brim, uh, the Brim Bank Council area in the western sub- suburbs, walking on the dirt roads, <laughs> still having this moment where I'm like, God, are you really calling us to go back to plan a church? Would you just keep in mind for a moment that we don't have anything? There's no team. There's no one putting up their hands saying, hey, if you go back and plant here or there, we'll join you, you know, and whatever. There's no budget. There's no resource. There's no nothing. It was a, such, a, uh, such a cold start, if you like. But it's exactly how God wanted it to be. Because, so that he might use it as a testimony to what he can do when people who are not perfect say yes to a perfect God. And so I'm on the, the, the back dirt roads of the western suburbs saying, God, are you really calling us to do this? And God is saying, yes. That's just bizarre. Like that just, just blows my mind. To have the, just the honor and the privilege with my wife. And I just know that I could not do it without her. Next week, I'm going to show you a video, which you'll probably both laugh and maybe cry. I don't know. Maybe cry from laughing. I don't know. It's two years into our journey, and where I just thank God for Trina and uh, and I just know that I couldn't, wouldn't have gotten this far without her. So, and so God, He called us to do this. I don't know why. I, don't, I really don't think I'm anyone special. I'm just someone who wants to say yes to God. That's all I've ever wanted to do. I just wanted to always say yes to God and find out what's on the other side of it. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And throughout this month, you're going to find me transparent. About just a... Uh, would you see where the Holy Spirit leads it? You know, the things that I plan on being transparent about are, are things that... Uh, lessons that I've learned in my own leadership journey, but but also my own personal faith journey, and how I lo- ha- how I allowed the Lord to bring healing in certain uh, at certain times of my ministry where I was really hurting and whatever, and uh, you know just so that it might inspire uh, someone else in their journey of faith, and and we're going to also have just some you know video testimonies from different people around the world and uh, around the, you know, just pastors and friends and uh, things like that. So we believe it's going to be a really great time of celebrating. Today is the launch of, uh, of all of that and uh, we're excited. We're just getting started. It was interesting. Uh, one of the men asked me on Wednesday night, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but they said to me, they asked me the question, does it feel like 20 years? And I have to say no. Now, I'm not sure what my wife might say. Um, I'm not saying that she might say anything different, but it's up to her. Um, but I said no. I said it's a really great question, but the answer is no. It doesn't feel like 20 years. And I feel like that's a testimony to the Scriptures because the Bible says that even though we're perishing outwardly, uh, but, sorry, the Scripture goes, but on the inside we're being renewed day by day. 
And so I can honestly say that it doesn't feel like 20 years. It feels like we're just getting started. Has anyone ever heard of uh, a man? Put your hand up. If you've, put a, if you've heard of a man by the name of Danny Wallace. Danny Wallace. Okay, you might, uh, if you haven't heard of him, you might know him as the Yes Man. He's known as the Yes Man. And uh, the story goes that Danny Wallace does not have a very exciting life. Uh, his life is very safe. It's very predictable. It has no risk attached to it. And because of this, the story goes that he generally feels lost and depressed. One day, whilst taking a random bus journey, he falls into a conversation with a stranger where Danny shares about what's not working in his life. And the man that he was uh, talking to responds by saying, Danny, you need to say yes some more. Danny doesn't only take this message to heart, but he commits to saying yes for the next six months to everything that life throws at him. I need a tissue. I feel like my nose, I think my nose is running. My nose is running. Thank you. This one word, yes, changes Danny's life forever with what uh, follows is a whole book full of chapters and chronicles of all the blessed, weird and wonderful adventures and stories, which is the result of Danny Wallace saying yes. And this is why I want to welcome you today. I want to welcome you today to this, to not only the month of October, but chapter 20 in our church's journey as we thank God for all that he's done, is doing and is going to do. I just want to give you just, uh, you know, we want to tell some stories, which uh, we've already been doing, of course. But uh, so um, before we go to the next slide, uh, I'd like to give you just a, a small picture of what all of our church possessions looked like as we prepared for our very first service. Let's take a look in the back of my Ford Falcon station wagon. That's everything we owned as we launched our very, very first service on October 28, 2001. I don't know if you can see there, but there is a overhead projector. Wow, wow, wow. I was the overhead projectionist for I don't know how long. You try praising God and changing the slides. In case you don't know, they're a transparent, clear slide that you have to get right on the screen. So you've got to be giving thanks to God, lifting up your hands, being a good example to the congregation of 10, while you just also get that right as Pastor Trina leads us in worship and makes it sound so much bigger than it ever was. And so we have an overhead projector there. You can see, uh, see that PV speaker? On, or there's a, you don't know it's a PV because you can't see the brand. So there's a, a speaker just there on the left there. Uh, what's known now as Enjoy Church. It was Brimbank Christian Church back then. They donated that. They donated the projector. <laughs> we bought, there's a keyboard at the back there. It was amazing. So yeah, that's how we began. Let's go to the, the next slide. This is after our first service, after our launch. Um, so, so there's, you can see Pastor Trina on the far right, uh, just getting something for someone. And look at me, I look so surprised. Uh, I'm actually talking to people at our first service. 
couldn't actually believe that people turned up. And uh, so we're just like, wow, people actually turned up. And uh, that was just amazing for us that anyone would come. And uh, let's go to the next slide. So this is um, top left-hand corner of the screen. That is Charles Barasa from Gateway. He's one of our Gateway Life Church pastors in Africa, and that's his young family. And the reason why we're parking here for just a moment is, uh, is to talk a little bit about Gateway Global. And uh, when Pastor Dixon Hayoko, he, who's also one of our Gateway pastors there in Africa, when he sent me this photo, both Pastor Dixon's heart and my heart were moved. And the reason why my heart was moved was because of really just, uh, can I put it this way, the state of their children. And, you know, their clothes uh, are kind of ripped and dirty and things like that. And I soon learned that they had not had new clothes for a long time. And so having learned this, I spoke to um, our elders and our board, and we all quickly just thought, well, that's obviously not good enough. And so we wanted to do something about that. And so we just sent through the finance that you have sown into this church. Remember, every time you give, a percentage of your financial giving goes into uh, our building fund, and another percentage goes into missions overseas, international missions. And so from that international missions account, we purchase them clothes, uh, food, uh, and just other, you know, everyday important uh, essential needs. And uh, so in a moment, we're going to look at a video from Pastor Charles and some of the kids just bringing a word of thanks to all of you, right? Um, for your giving. And we're also, before we, uh, before we hear from Pastor Charles, we're going to hear from Pastor Dixon. And Pastor Dixon also wants to bring a word of thanks to all of you because we purchased him a, a really nice laptop, uh, which we could not have done if it weren't for the skill set of Greg, Greg Hutchinson. And uh, that's not my skill set, uh, but Greg soon learned what uh, Pastor Dixon needed, and we got all the specs. And so now, uh, Pastor Dixon can take this really large laptop into the prisons every Monday, right? Because he goes into a prison across Kenya every Monday. And what he does, he sets up that laptop. It's really quite large. He sets it up, and uh, he shows all the inmates, okay? He shows all the inmates um, just... Uh, it could be a, a message, a greeting from myself or, or something like that. And uh, it's just something that can support uh, Pastor Dixon. So before we go to the video, I want to take this opportunity to address all of the female and male inmates across Kenya and our brothers and sisters. I want to send greetings to you on behalf of of the Gateway Life Church congregation here in Australia and myself. We want you to know that we love you. We may not ever meet you, but we want you to know that you're in our hearts because you are in God's heart. And uh, I want to honor even right now Pastor Dixon Hayoko uh, before you and the great work that he is doing throughout Kenya in visiting the various uh, men's and women's prisons. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 to 40, 
He said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison and go to visit you. And the King, Jesus, will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it unto me. And this is why at Gateway Life Church, our core values are to number one, love, and to number two, serve. And the way that we prove that we love and serve God is by loving and serving one another in the good times and in the bad times in season and out of season when the time seems favorable or unfavorable why is that because that's exactly what Jesus has done and continues to do for you and I can we always remember that Jesus preferred us over himself and that he died upon a cross, knowing that there would be some, perhaps even many, who would never believe in his sacrifice for them. And so without further ado, let's go to a video. There's a lot of power in saying yes to the right things. A lot of power in saying yes to the godly things. I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the Word of God. Jesus said, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. He went on to say that anything beyond this is from the evil one. One of the reasons why you were so blessed by what you just saw in that video is because a number of people said yes to God's Word. If they had not said yes, and there was a whole bunch of people who said yes in order to make that happen, on the other side of the yes is that kind of blessing. And I believe that the way forward is to continually say yes to God, say yes to love, say yes to serving, say yes to grace, say yes to submission, to God's word, say yes to surrender. It also says in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, because one person disobeyed God, talking about Adam, many became sinners or unrighteous. But because one other person obeyed God, being Jesus, many were made righteous. God is just looking for a simple yes from you, from our youth. If our youth just give God a, sim a simple yes, watch our youth shine. Watch anyone shine as soon as they allow the Word of God to shine in their heart. It's not all that difficult to shine. You just have to, as it were, surrender your ways and take on God's ways. Let's have a look at a shot now with Pastor Dixon ministering at a women's prison. And once again, this is a testimony 
to what happens when people say yes to Jesus. You are a part of something that is bigger than not only yourself, but this local congregation. You are part of a global family. And I think for me personally, one of the greatest stories to ever come out of this church is church service number one. Let's go to the next slide with a shot of my father, my father, Robert Charles, also known as Bula Mannering. There he is on the left-hand side of the screen. That's actually my brother and my sister on the right there. And there's me in the middle at the back, still talking to the same person, still can't believe that someone came. Um, but that's my father. Hey, there's Anna. Can you see Anna sitting down on the step? Uh, there she is. <laughs> At our first service, my father gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I preached the gospel and I gave a very clear altar call about what it meant to be saved. And at the end of the altar call, I said, Now, if you have prayed that prayer, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. And up went my dad's hand. And I'm thinking, Dad, do you know what I was just asking? Are you just putting up your hand? Because I just said, put your hand up. What's going on? I'm not really sure. Like if you knew what I was asking. But he put his hand up. He put his hand up. So he was our first convert. Can I just say, I'm so happy that I said yes. I'm so happy that I said yes to Jesus. To... I prayed for my dad. I prayed for his salvation for, for 12, 12 years, consistently. Always when I'd think about dad, I'd pray for him. Pray for his salvation like I pray for all of my family. Don't give up on praying for your loved ones. Don't give up on praying for your sons and your daughters, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your work colleagues. God hears and answers prayer. Be rest assured, every time you pray for a loved one, God is moving. It's in the heart, it's in the will of God to move every time someone moves with that kind of prayer. And so, Dad became our first convert, the first person we water baptized in our history. And then I had the great honor of conducting his funeral here, which is something I just knew that I would always do. For some reason, I just knew that I would conduct his funeral and I thought you know what it'll be tough but no one will represent my dad better than I will in that moment and we gave glory to God and uh, and God blessed the day and so I kind of feel that because I've said yes to God God has done some great things not because I'm anything special, but because I was just willing. And God is simply looking for willing people. You don't have to be great because God is great. You don't have to be perfect because God is perfect. 
And I want to encourage you. I pray that today it's inspired you to want to say yes to Jesus and to want to say yes to being a, a, a disciple and a follower of Jesus. No matter how long you've been a Christian for, today can be a new move of God in and through your life. Other people are waiting on the other side of yours and my obedience. Because of one man who disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because of another man, Jesus, because he obeyed God, many were made righteous. And if today you just feel that for whatever reason you're distant from God and you need to say yes to Jesus. So if you want to say yes to Jesus... We've got to ask Jesus to forgive us of all our sin. And then we've got to ask him to help us to be all that he's called us to be and created us to be. If that's you and you want to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then pray this prayer after me. Are you ready to pray? Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. This day, I acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my healer, and my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.